Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. I'm your host, David Rosen. Is that something I do on this show? Do I say I'm your host, David Rosen? I don't know. I don't think I normally do, but hey, I am your host, David Rosen. So hey, nice to meet everybody. Um, Today on the show, we are looking at a really great movie. Uh, It's in limited release right now. It's called Wild Rose. Stars Jesse Buckley as a up-and-coming country singer who is from Glasgow and is trying to launch a country music career while also balancing that with actually trying to be a mother to her two young children. It is a fantastic film with a wonderful central performance by Jesse Buckley, who is somebody who has been on a lot of people's radars lately as this great up-and-coming actress. Um, She was in Beast, and she was in the TV show Chernobyl, which I actually haven't seen yet. Um, And she's going to be on season four of Fargo, so a lot of Jesse Buckley upcoming. But uh, joining me for this one is J.D. Duran from In Session Film Podcast, which is a great film podcast that I actually got to guest on recently. Uh, But we will jump into this conversation, and I do want to tell you, if you haven't seen it, make sure to go see it while it's still in theaters. It's in limited release. You may have to hunt for it, but it is worth watching. Go see it. All right, so today on the show, we're going to be talking about Wild Rose, and with us is J.D. Duran from In Session Film Podcast. In Session is a show that I got to be on a couple months back. Uh, we talked about uh, uh, Longshot, which we never did get around to doing an episode on, uh, but it was a lot of fun getting on their show and talking, and I'm really glad to have J.D. here. J.D., how's it going? Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Like you said, my first time. It's been a busy week as we are rounding out the summer or getting close to it. Funny enough, August for us is a really busy month, despite the fact that there's not a ton of (laughs) interesting, at least mainstream films that come out in August, but sure. The indie circuit, the indie circuit is where August, I think really starts to ramp up. Plus there's uh, a retrospective that we do every August on our show as well. So I'm busy mm. prepping for that. And the Lion King is coming out this weekend. So that offers its own stresses as well. So it's been yeah. very busy, but I am glad to be here, particularly for this specific episode. I'm I'm pumped. Yeah, I know we were talking about Wild Rose when I was uh, on your show uh, briefly. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean... Th- 
this is a great movie. I'll just get that out of the way right away. I, I was looking mm-hmm. forward to it for a long time, and it yeah. absolutely did not disappoint. Um, but before we get into talking about it, why don't you tell people a little bit about your uh, podcast? Yeah, so like you said, we are in session film. We have two primary shows. On Monday is our main show where myself and my co-host, Brennan Cassidy, we typically review some sort of new release. We try to aim for some of your more bigger releases, more mainstream releases, mm-hmm. um, with a couple of indies thrown in from time to time. Or in the case of this last week, we did Easy Rider because there was nothing great coming out. So mm-hmm. um, so we mix it up a little bit, but we usually have some sort of main review. We have a top three segment. We have some other news discussions or other films that we've caught up with. Um, it's a pretty jam-packed show. And on Friday, we have a show called Extra Film, where uh, there are two other hosts that uh, kind of handle the fort over there. And that show is mostly dedicated to um, indie films uh, in, in, of the new year, or sometimes we'll throw in some classic films. The guys did Casablanca last week, for example. So um, it's it's a little little mixture of everything, and we try to cover the gamut um when when it comes to film so um that that's mostly what we do you can find us at uh incessionfilm.com there you can find links to the show you can find uh features we have written reviews over there and of course you can find uh the all of the podcasts and all the links to the show and everything there so again that's incessionfilm.com right on um so yeah, I, I guess let's jump into talking about Wild Rose. Uh, you know, I, I've got a bunch of puzzle pieces here. I'm sure you do, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to see this a while back, though, right? Yeah, it was right before I went on vacation, which was uh, in the, I guess, toward the end of June. So it's been a good month since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been waiting and waiting. It finally opened here in Vegas this past week. Um, and mm-hmm. uh yeah, I mean, definitely lived up. I mean, we've been, it seems like we've been getting music film after music film after music film. And, you know, you kind of mm-hmm. go into the next one like, well, you know, I, I know there's a lot of good buzz for it, but, you know, I, I hope it does something a little different, something, you know, interesting. And yeah. it certainly lived yeah. up to it, though. Yeah, I think so as well. I, I mean, for listeners of our show, they'll know that I love this. Or even if you follow me on social media, mm-hmm. I have been ring the bell for this film for a month since I've seen it. It, it it's currently my favorite film of the year. I oh, wow. absolutely love it. Um and in particular there for two main reasons. One, Jesse Buckley, its star, mm-hmm. her performance is stunning. Oh, yeah. She's so so good. And the other major reason is that it's a film that is about music, but it's about a single mother essentially who has these aspirations and dreams and she pursues those ambitions to a fault right yeah. where she uh essentially abandons her two young kids and oh, yeah. will leave them with strangers or with her mom to go and do what she needs to in order to pursue this dream and it's this constant dichotomy throughout the film of her having to battle you know, this this ambition she has to be a country singer, but she also does love her kids. I think we do see that. Sure. And, you know, the, the, the conflict of that and the Rosalind character in that film is 
Uh, it's something that I'm sure a lot of us can relate with. I talked about on our show that, you know, even doing this podcast and session film or guesting on other shows such as yours right now, mm-hmm. that's something that I have to balance in my personal life with <laughs> my own son. So yeah. even right now, as we are doing this, I had to try to get Sam to bed before coming on the show. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to get everything settled with my wife so that way the rest of tonight can go smooth so I can go out of the show with you. Yeah. That is exactly the, 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 the dilemma for Rosalind in this film. And, and it's handled so beautifully, yeah. I think. And for me, it's my dogs, but uh, it's basically the same thing. So Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fair enough. <laughs> so uh, why don't we jump into some puzzle pieces? What do you got for your first puzzle piece? Well, first of all, for a little bit of context, as I was doing this exercise, I came to the realization that I might not be great at this game <laughs> uh, because as I typically write out my notes and think about certain films and wrestle with them, I try to be deeply involved in the film itself. It's not uh, often that I try to think about maybe what has inspired another film, unless it's obvious to me and it comes to me as I'm writing mm-hmm. my notes. So I was thinking through Wild Rose and I was like, what? What could have inspired this film? What is it connected to? And I honestly struggled a little Mm -hmm. bit with this. So, Uh, But I do have a couple of connections here. And the first film that came to mind for me was actually the Jonathan Demme film from just a few years ago, Ricky and the Flash, starring Mel Streep. I'm not sure if you saw that one or not, but it's about a musician in that film played by Meryl Streep who gave up her dream of rock and roll stardom uh, because she wants to make things right with her family. And in a similar way, that film ends up going in a very different route. And Ricky, the street character is much older than Rosalind in wild Rose, but there is similar notions as far as being a musician and for Ricky having to give that up because she is wanting to, you know, remedy some gaps within the relationship she has in her family. And that's essentially what Rosalind is doing in some ways, or at least she's having to battle that as far as, you know, does she give up her dream? Speaking of Rosalind, does she give up her dream of going to Nashville for the sake of her family or for the sake of her children? So I do think there are some parallels to be made with Ricky and the Flash. And um, and, and, and Ricky and the Flash has music like, wild rose that's that's very good so sure. there are some great similarities there between the two yeah absolutely and, and you know obviously meryl streep amazing actress and jesse buckley at the kind of mm-hmm. beginning of the, yeah. her career uh but already mm-hmm. turning in ro- great performance after great performance i mean only a few yeah. things so far but uh you know just fantastic uh young actress uh but yeah mm-hmm. absolutely i mean as I start going through some of my puzzle pieces, definitely there's going to be some uh, some music movies involved. At least uh, I think I got three uh, that I wanted to point to mm-hmm. specifically. But I definitely think that that's a great one to kick it off with. Uh, Ricky and the Flash has a, a definite uh, you know uh, parallel there. I think so for sure. Uh, and I, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember if I did see that. I certainly remember it. It's from what was that about like seven eight years ago? Uh, I I think it was. I think it was 2014 or 2015, something okay. around. So not that long. That time for, So yeah, about four or five years ago, I think. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but definitely one that you know came to mind for me, given again you got two female protagonists that are 
you know, having to battle sure. very similar dichotomies. So Absolutely. Yeah. Right on. Well, I'm going to go ahead with my first puzzle piece. And uh, before I get into uh, a few music ones, I did want to mention this one first. Uh, it was kind of the first one that came to mind. It's uh, the 2006 film Sherry Baby with Maggie Gyllenhaal mm. uh, oh, okay. as a, uh, a woman who's just uh, finished a, a stint in prison and uh, she's coming out and she's trying to put her life together, but she really isn't necessarily doing a great job of it uh, to begin with. Mm. And uh, just the, the struggles that she goes through. And of course, uh, she is not a, uh, you know, a rock and roller or anything like that. She's not a country star. Uh, she's not making music and performing, but she is, um, you know, you know, risking her, her rehabilitation in ways that just makes you mm-hmm. just, uh, just very almost on edge in a way of just like, like, is she going to be able to pull this together? Am I not going to hate this person by the end of the movie, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, luck, yeah. luckily Rose, uh, you know, her arc takes her in a really, really great direction uh, by the end, of, by the end yeah. of Wild Rose. And which, by the way, uh, no worry about spoilers on this show. We always uh, are fine with spoilers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, Sherry Baby was the, the first movie that kind of popped in my head as I was starting to think of this. The first non-music <laughs> one, I should say. Yeah, that's an interesting. That's an interesting pick. I will admit I haven't seen it, but I am familiar with the film, mm-hmm. and it does seem like when you read about that film or even just reading the premise of it, that it will have a lot in common with sure. uh, Wild Rose. So yeah, that's a very interesting pick. Right on. Uh, so what do you got for your next one? So the next one for me is, it, it's not so much a film, but more so a filmmaker. I thought a lot about Ken Loach, uh, the British filmmaker with films such as I, Daniel Blake and The Angels Share. Um, his films tend to wrestle with, uh, not just the characters ambitions or whatever it is that is driving them, but he also delves into places and politics and how that uh, affects the characters in his films as well. So, um, that is something we also see in wild Rose that Glasgow in Scotland uh, it's it's almost a character in the film, sure, and it becomes m- more important to Rosalind as we get to you know the climax of the film, and after she goes to Nashville and she experiences that a little bit and has an epiphany of what Glasgow means to her, and I love the that social dynamic uh, of how place becomes a big component for Rosalind in Wild Rose and. Ken Loach's films are that to a T, dealing with a lot of, you know, the, the, the social economics or politics of certain places and how it affects the characters in his films. So I do think there is big inspiration um, in, in Wild Rose from, you know, Ken Loach's filmography. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I actually haven't seen those movies, but I am so very much aware of his uh, like, like his uh, reputation as a filmmaker, you know, and yeah, and and, and yeah. definitely that, like, um, you know, it's kind of that that very just kind of gritty portrayal of that very specific kind of a place and setting and everything, yeah. and really bringing that out. Yeah, absolutely. And and I haven't seen all of his films, but of those that I have seen, I absolutely love how he's able to to kind of tap into that, which is you know, like I said, a big component of 
Wild Rose that mm-hmm. that I loved. So yeah, I, I I very much recommend Ken Loach. He may not be for everybody because he's quite methodical and uh, maybe his humor isn't going to work for everybody. There's there's certainly more humor in Loach's films than I would say that is in Wild Rose, but. Um, I, I think fundamentally, though, there's a lot of similarities between the two, though. All right. Well, you know, speaking of uh, trying to capture a very specific uh, uh, place, a, a very specific like uh, mm-hmm. environment and, and the kind of people in that environment, um, the first music movie I wanted to bring up, because it was the, I tried to think, what is the one that, like, this is like kind of the... I felt the biggest parallel too, and this might seem a little silly, but to me it was it was it just makes a lot of sense. Is actually the Eminem uh, pseudo biopic Eight Mile. Okay. Uh, yeah. And the re- yeah. the reason why is uh, because I feel like there's you know obviously every music biopic you know there's struggles and there's all the struggles that uh-huh. they have to go through and it kind of becomes a little bit of a cliche, but I think that for both uh, Rose in this movie as well as b-rabbit and uh an eight mile um mm-hmm. it they're already in those struggles from the beginning of their career and it's yeah. not it's not yeah. struggles that are hitting them you know as they're rising and through the career and they're, they're not you know dealing with people you know like new people coming into the picture and, and ruining things it's the constant struggle mm-hmm. that's been a part of their life forever you know and it's just this is yeah. who these people are they're, they're struggling people and so I just, I just, uh-huh. I felt a real uh, connection there to to that kind of a story, even though, and and I guess it's not that far removed uh, the world of hip hop and the world of like you know down and dirty country. Yeah, absolutely. And Eight Mile is another film where place is significant to yes. the characters and where they find themselves. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I do agree with you that the struggles that they find themselves in were immediately in that right away and. They're having to learn to overcome that and yeah, where they live, the economics of it, the politics of it absolutely affects both Rosalind and um, uh, Jimmy B. Rabbit Smith, if you will. So <laughs> yeah, that's a great pick. Right on, right on. I, I, you know what? And also before we move to the next one, I was just thinking as I was writing my notes, I haven't watched 8 Mile in a while. I, I got to watch that again. <laughs> what, what, that movie, yeah. I mean, I don't know how old you are, but like I was, uh, I think 24. When it came out, twenty three, twenty four. I mean, it was so awesome at the time. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean, I was I was in high school, so I was maybe a, a junior, sophomore, something like that. Uh-huh. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, I I'm from Michigan, oh, so I'm very familiar with Eight Mile, the actual place of Eight Mile. Oh, nice. And you know what that's like, and and obviously Eminem's story is very familiar and known there. And so, yeah, that, that film had a little bit of, of a connection at that time. And, and I would say in high school, I was probably more into hip hop than any other genre of music. Um, so yeah, that's a film that very much connected with me. I will say though, I, I don't know if I expected that film or hip hop in general to come up in this conversation, (laughs) but (laughs) Now, after you talk, started talking about it, it just clicked. I was like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> this film has an influence on Wild Rose for sure. That's so. awesome. That's awesome. Well, what do you got for your next one? But yeah, And it is funny because the next one I wanted to bring up here is a very, very different note than something like 8 Mile. I actually have here the uh, 1983 film Tender Mercies starring Robert Duvall. 
And this is somewhat like Ricky in the Flash, but a little bit different in the sense that the Duvall character is a struggling musician such as Ricky and Ricky and the Flash. And so you do have the parallels there as far as Rosalind also struggling as we just got done talking about. So despite the age gap between uh, Duvall's Matt character and Rosalind, we do initially see that they're, they're still trying to do music. And where I think Matt has some similarities to Rosalind is that eventually a, a child becomes involved in his story. He uh, meets this uh, owner of a motel, uh, Rosalie, played by Tessa Harper, mm-hmm. and she has a son. And, sh- and, and Matt begins to bond with uh, Rosalie and her son. And that becomes a huge component to the film as far as him battling between do I want to continue to struggle as a musician? Do I, is that something I still want to do or do I, you know, kind of shift gears and, you know, maybe move my life in a different direction and become this surrogate father to this little boy whose father had been killed in Vietnam, if I remember correctly. So it's been a while since I've seen the film, but Mm. um, there is, Again, a similar dichotomy there for Mac and that film as far as musicianship and children and how Mac is caught between those two ends of the spectrum. Uh, So Tender Mercies is definitely one um, that I think fits the bill here. And emotionally speaking, I think it's it's also very complimentary to um, Wild Rose. Right on. Yeah, I actually... Funny enough, I had never heard of Tender Mercies, and I see here that uh, that he won Best Actor for it, huh? Back yeah. Then. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And this is a film that I wouldn't have watched um, if it wasn't for my father, who, he grew up in Mississippi, so he's much more of a country music fan than I was. Like I said, I was more of the hip-hop guy in high school. Sure. But this was something that drew his eye, and so I decided to to watch it with him. And, and like, so like I said, it's been a while since I've seen the film, but when doing research and, um, in trying to come up with some connections here, Mm -hmm. I, that, that film kind of popped into the brain and, uh, yeah, I I definitely found some parallels there. Sure. Absolutely. Um, right on. Well, uh, I'm going to go with my next puzzle piece and, uh, so the next one I wanted to bring up is actually, uh, the movie that Jeff Bridges won an Oscar for, Crazy Heart. Yeah, that's on my list here, too. (laughs) Right on. And, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of differences when it comes to the actual story being told. Yeah. Um, You know, with with Rose being at the beginning of her, you know, Uh would-be career and Jeff Bridges being at the end. And, and, Uh uh, you know, but the the real reason that I was going to connect it, and then we'll see what you have to say, but... um, uh, it was mainly because the the music specifically are mm. very much inspired by the exact same country artists. Those those same like you know real just down and dirty rock and country artists of, of you know yeah. old school country and uh, yeah. both have incredible soundtracks. If you're into that kind of yeah. music, absolutely. That's part of why I had it written down here too. I love the soundtrack to Crazy Heart oh, yeah. and Jeff Bridges' performance is, is absolutely wonderful. But I also think you can make a connection in the sense that 
the Bridges character in that film, his life takes a turn once he starts uh, connecting and, and having a relationship with someone that is not in that same world, I guess I'll say. Mm -hmm. So this might be stretching or it might be a little bit vague, but you, I guess you could connect that to Rosalind in the sense that her life starts to also turn around once she starts spending more time with her children. Once she starts uh, making that a priority, such as Bridges and the relationship he has with the journalist, mm -hmm. that's when you can see both characters kind of making that turn toward the positive, I, I guess I guess you could say. And, and maybe that affects their music um, in a way, not necessarily badly. It just takes it maybe in a little bit of a different direction than maybe what they would have foresaw previously to establishing those relationships. So sure. I do think there's also parallels there but yeah the soundtrack piece of this oh my gosh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, great music i've actually been listening to it on spotify uh all, all week yeah. long uh the uh yeah Wild it's Rose great one fantastic and, oh and i love gosh, i love yeah. that they open with the cover of uh primal screams country girl too which i always yeah love that song. <laughs> it's uh, so good yeah that rocks yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. right on uh well um what do you got for your next one so the next one that I have here, and again, this might be a little bit of a stretch because the film I'm about to bring up is ultimately very, very different than Wild Rose. But did you see The Florida Project from a few years ago? Yes, I love The Florida Project. So I thought about The Florida Project a lot when watching Wild Rose, particularly that first half of Wild Rose when Rosalind is very selfish and her needs come first, regardless of the ramifications, no matter what kind of awkward situation she puts her kids in, as we said, or her mom or even her neighbors having to watch her kids. Mm -hmm. And similarly, uh, Bria Venete's character of Hallie in The Florida Project um, is very much into herself and is quite selfish and um, doesn't necessarily have an eye on her daughter all of the time. Mm -hmm. I do think that we see that Hallie has a love for her daughter earlier than, than what we see with Rosalind in Wild Rose. Um, I, I, I don't know if there was ever a moment throughout the Florida Project where I questioned her love for her daughter, but there is a selfishness. There is, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to you know, take care of myself, you know, even if that means I'm going to be oblivious to some of my responsibilities. Right. Uh, but I do think th some of the things that Hallie does, even in that selfishness is, is, is actually to, in a weird way, take care of her daughter. Yeah. And so the, the route, the arcs of both of those characters, I would say is, is vastly different, but there is some si similarities in as far as them being a single mom and how they are sometimes lost as far as motherhood and responsibility goes uh, for the sake of whatever is driving both of them uh, regarding their ambitions, Yeah, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. I, I think that's a great puzzle piece, and I, I hadn't even thought of that. And you know, now that's kind of got me thinking about, uh, when I think of the Florida Project, it just feels like such a uh, you know, 2010s America movie. And this being yeah. set in a different country, it's interesting that they would have their mm -hmm. own kind of 
you know, moment that is, you know, similar to that. And that, you know, there's this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's this uh, subsection of the population that, you know, is living, you know, through such struggle and everything. And, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, certainly her, her decisions aren't, you know, you know, always the best decisions, but, uh, you know, she's kind of mm-hmm. have a, a hard deal of, of life, you know? So yeah, not surprising that something's going that direction. Absolutely. And another film where place is significant, speaking of the Florida Project oh, sure. and, and that being in Orlando, there's a, an interesting juxtaposition, though, in that Orlando doesn't necessarily become a safe haven like Glasgow does for Rosalind. Uh, but at the same time, you could argue that, you know, Hallie's Nashville, if you will, is literally in the same town <laughs> as where she's she's actually living because Disney and all of that is just down the road. So, I mean, it's like they want to be there, but they can't ever be there. That's never a reality for them. So um, it's interesting how the Florida Project does you know, parallel Wild Rose in that and, and also is, you know, like I said, juxtaposes it. But yeah, I I, I love the Florida Project so much. You, you're probably going to have to stop me or I'm just going to keep talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I do not blame you. It is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, right on. Well, I'm going to go with my next one, uh, the last music movie on my list here. And okay. it's a kind of, uh, even though it's very, very surface level, it's kind of hard to escape it. And that is A Star is Born. Um, just the, mm. the entire format of the music movie is just, I think, you know, we talked earlier about how there's just been music movie after music movie after music movie lately. I think a lot of that is mm-hmm. because A Star is Born is on the brain uh, within yeah. the world of Hollywood and, and outside and, yeah. the, you know, the indie communities. Um yeah. And, and I mean, this is, you know, very much uh, almost the opposite, you know, story wise. I mean, it's it's completely different. But I, I mm-hmm. do think that, uh, you know, especially I mean, we, we've talked about A Star is Born on our Vox Lux episode. We talked about it on our Her Smell episode. I mean, it's hard to look at a music movie, especially one with a woman as the as the. Uh, you know, the main protagonist and not think mm-hmm. about the A Star is Born uh, formula from the the old versions as well as the newest one. Yeah, that was one that came to mind for me as well. Um, so I, I I almost feel like it's somewhat mandatory because there there is a lot between the two films that you can you can see as far as puzzle pieces go. I will say, though, it's interesting that you brought up her smell, mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure if I should write this down as a connection because they came out just months apart from each other, so I don't think we can say that they were inspired by each other in any sort of way, but I will say, like, if we're just connecting the films, mm. I don't think there's any other film, at least in the research that I could find, I don't think there's any other film that has more in common with Wild Rose than Her Smell. Sure. Absolutely. Those two films are almost the same movie in a lot of ways. <laughs> right. As far as, you know, the, the the rise and fall of the ambition and how, you know, the children of those two characters ultimately become their saving grace. I mean, there's a lot about those two stories that are very similar. They, the two films approach it very, very differently. So ultimately each film does stand out on its own, Mm -hmm. but that dichotomy of musicianship and ambition and how children save. I mean, that's very, very much the same. And it's, 
centered around two stunning performances with oh, Elizabeth yeah. Moss and her smell. Uh, man, those, those two, but, uh, speaking of Jesse Buckley and Elizabeth Moss, those are my 1A and 1B of the year. My favorite performances, <laughs> hands down. Yeah, but, it's, yeah. it's crazy. I, I, you know, again, the whole music film after music film, I mean, I, I don't know how you feel about Vox Lux and, and A Star is Born, but I, I mm-hmm. love both of those for different reasons. Um, but mm-hmm. to get two incredible music films last year and then two incredible music films this year, it's pretty, pretty wild. It is. And there's a whole second half of the year <laughs> for this year anyway, where who knows what we'll see. I loved A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's a film I do quite adore. Unfortunately, I'm on the other side of the, of the Vox Lux debate. Yeah, there, it, you, I, you have to be on one side or the other. There's no middle ground. <laughs> that's for there's sure. no middle ground. No. I, I will say, though, I'm actually in the middle on the film. Yeah. I, I love the first half of the film. Mm. Absolutely adore it. I think it's as close to being impeccable as it could be, but I did not like at all the second half of of that film. It I think it's very misguided. And as much as I love Natalie Portman and she gives a very committed performance, but I don't feel like there's any connective tissue between what she's doing with <laughs> what we saw with what is essentially this the the same character that we saw in the first half of the film and and because there's a huge time jump between the first half and the second half we there's there's nothing to explain those differences it's jarring not that a film, it's very jarring it is it is jarring <laughs> it it is and and not that a film has to explain everything sure. but there is no connective tissue so it felt like two very different films right right and and that was my issue with the film um, because it was one that I was loving and then ultimately becomes something else entirely that I just feel like that second half has almost nothing to do with the first half of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, I, that's my issue with it, but I get um, it. I, I can, yeah, I can see why people love it though as well. So <laughs> right on. Well, what do you got for your uh, next puzzle piece? Well, for my next puzzle piece, this is, I feel like a little bit of a cheat as well, because I, I did talk about this on uh, my show a little bit, and uh, it, it could be a little bit of a stretch. Maybe this is redundant with some of the other picks that I had here, but um, when watching Wild Rose, um, the, the the first time that I saw the film a month ago, the first film that came to mind for me actually was Inside Lewin Davis, and mm. that... Rosalind is a character that, while pursuing music, uh, like Lewin in that film, he just isn't conscious of the ramifications of his choices, which is exactly what Rosalind is doing as well. Now, ultimately, those two characters go to very different territories, but uh, like Rosalind wanting to get to Nashville to pursue her career, uh, Lewin Davis is on the road constantly trying to do the same thing. In fact, we see in the film, he takes a road trip to Chicago sure, because he has an opportunity there, which is exactly what Rosalind is wanting to do in Nashville. She thinks there'll be opportunities there. And like Rosalind in Nashville, Chicago does not work out for Lewin. Honestly, I think the only difference between the two characters, and I find this juxtaposition fascinating is that Lewin doesn't have any children, any responsibilities to save him from his obliviousness. 
Mm. Right. He just wants to pursue music, but he doesn't have any sort of grounded centralization to to kind of make sense of the world around him. He just is kind of drifting. And and but he thinks of himself as the next great musician when he might be because the music of that film is incredible. <laughs> oh yeah. So he, he might be the next big thing, but he kind of stops himself where Rosalind, she does have that saving grace with her children. So she's able to kind of realize that maybe she can only go so far, or at least she's, she's willing to put a ceiling on herself because of her children. So it evokes this question that I find endlessly fascinating what if Lewin did have a child? Would would his story end up the same as Rosalind? Mm. Maybe. It's hard to say because, you know, that doesn't happen, but Rosalind was just as lost and just as confused as Lewin is in that film, but she had something that was able to push her off the edge and into reality. And Lewin just never really has that. He has a scare at the beginning when there's a confrontation about maybe he got someone pregnant, but you know, we never really see what the result of any of that is. There's nothing really to, to rein in Lewin. Uh, but I do find the two characters kind of heading in similar directions only to, you know, come to that, that fork in the middle of the road, you know, where on the right is Rosalind heading toward parenthood and sure lewin heading to the left just not having that yeah. for him so uh but so that came to mind for me a lot when watching wild rose absolutely i and i'm always happy to even be thinking about inside lewin davis so <laughs> that is <Yeah>. per- perfectly <laughs> happy with you bringing that up as a puzzle piece and i i think those are All some right. those are some really interesting uh you know, points of view on, on those kind of connections. And, and, you know, I think they're, Mm. you know, absolutely, uh, you know, really good insight there. I think that's really good. Mm. Um, so I've got one last puzzle piece here. Okay. And, uh, this is a movie I haven't seen in a while. So hopefully I'm, uh, remembering things properly here in, in, in the way I remember it ending, but, uh, the, uh, Diablo Cody film, young adult, um, mm. and which, uh, you know, th- this, this person's just kind of, uh, just kind of messy life doesn't really seem to be, uh, you know, showing any sign of possibly turning around. And the thing is, is that I feel like that kind of a trajectory is exactly what Rose is uh, not doing here. And I feel like mm. it's almost like an anti-puzzle piece in a way that it's like inspired yeah. to actually have an ending where there is more hope and more, uh, you know, more heading in the right direction and, you know, certainly much more uh, an upbeat finale and a, a more uh, clear sign that this person's actually going to be okay and maybe start making some right choices. Yeah, that's a really interesting pick. That didn't come to mind to me, but now that you say that, I think that film, speaking of young adult and Tully, actually I think work sure in similar uh in, in a similar fashion there as far as how it is the anti-Wild Rose, but at the same time, they, they are very similar. I mean, it's like those two films are working backwards, but then heading in the same direction. Sure, kind of. sure. 
Uh, so yeah, that those yeah that didn't even come to mind, but yeah, I, I love that. Right on, right on, and and you know those are also you know totally as well. Um, you know, really great, interesting uh, movies with like you know very different from anything else. I think I think they they take on yeah. that that point of view in a very unique way. She's got a very interesting way to her with her uh, her writing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So uh, what do you got next? You got another puzzle piece? That was my last one. Um, the last one that I have here, and I don't know if I have much to say about it because I, I haven't seen it in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And like Tender Mercies, this is one of those that I watched with my dad way back when. But the 1980 film Urban Cowboy mm-hmm. came to mind for me because that film at least much of it centers around a local country music club. And that's something that we see with Rosalind uh, at the very beginning of the film. She's like, I guess like the main singer of the local country bar in Glasgow. Mm. And at the end of the film, after going to Nashville again, like she has that epiphany where she realizes that the, the local makeup of, you know, where she's at, like that, kind of defines who she is and it allows for her to to kind of be the local country music artist Mm -hmm. and and also she's able to kind of take care of her kids so the fact that glasgow again has a significant um, impact on rosalind and we see that through the catalyst of that local country bar sure um, I, i think parallels what we see in urban cowboy that much of it takes place at that you know local music club and also, that film has volatile relationships all over it, sure. <laughs> such as what we see with Rosalind as well in Wild Rose. So that one came to mind for me as well. Right on. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that in a long, long time either. Uh, but I, I, you know, from my recollection of it, I absolutely see what you're saying there with those parallels. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's funny. I was when I was thinking about puzzle pieces for this, I was trying to think of um, a movie with a uh, a house band. Um, you know, mm, that wants to, yeah. wants to break, you know, break out yeah. a little bit and become more of a major thing. And I guess in a little way, uh, Lady Gaga is a house act, um, in, in that yeah, uh, early on, yeah, yeah Star is Born. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But uh, I guess that, that works too. But yeah, I love that setting though. I love that bar. I mean, it, it feels like a bar that we've all been to at some point. Um, yeah. you know, it just, yeah, I love the surreal. energy and vibrancy of it. Yeah. <laughs> It's great. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do the finished puzzle now, and then we'll get into any of our closing thoughts on Wild Rose. Uh, okay. So that includes Ricky and the Flash, Cherry Baby, the films of Ken Loach, including I, Daniel Blake, and The Angel's Share, uh, Eight Mile, Tender Mercies, Crazy Heart, The Florida Project, A Star is Born, Inside Lewin Davis, Young Adult, and Urban Cowboy. So uh, yeah. we got a great list there. I mean, a lot of music movies, of course. I mean, it's bound to happen, but then a bunch of other yeah. movies as well. It's a pretty wide-ranging uh, list here. Um, yeah. What Do you have any uh, any closing thoughts about it? I know you've talked about it a whole yeah. bunch on your podcast. but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I love the film. I will say, though, if any of your listeners... Um, want to point this out to me. I, I, w- I would love to hear what they have to say because when doing research for this, I was also trying to think about movies about single mothers or maybe even just motherhood in general and how 
they are specifically balancing that with their ambitions mm-hmm. and dreams. And honestly, there are tons of great movies about mothers and single mothers, but I couldn't find a ton of films that was about that specifically. Sure. So either there are tons of blind spots for me when it comes to this, or I just didn't research enough. I don't know. I'd be curious to hear what you or your listeners have to say about that. Or maybe that's just something that makes Wild Rose unique is that it's about that, that I think a lot of parents are having to balance every day in their lives. I mean, not just with us and podcasting, but every parent has their own individual and, and specific desires, whether it's to be a singer or to be a filmmaker or yeah. to be a painter or whatever the case may be. Uh, but they they have to balance out those things with being, with the responsibilities of being a parent. And that's a very difficult thing. And um, I love how Wild Rose is about that specifically. As I said, I think it, uh, the, the, the way it explores that is absolutely beautiful and poignant um, it's, it's, it's really great. So any, any other films, especially non-music films, mm-hmm. uh, I, we've, we've already mentioned a few that, that kind of do that with, uh, the characters we talked about, but non-music films that are about that same theme and idea, um, I, you know, was a little hard for me to come by. So, but you know, again, I, I've, I've been very busy lately and I'm really tired and maybe I'm just <laughs> an idiot and missed a lot of things. So. <laughs> Uh, but I'd be curious to hear from your listeners, or even from you, if you have some. Sure, yeah, and I'm sure as soon as we hear a name, everybody, oh yeah, of course, that was like right at the edge of my, yeah, right, right at the edge of my mind there, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I would love to hear some more, uh, some more picks for other movies that that deal with that kind of a story, and you know, I, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the 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 redemption that this character feels uh, that actually like earns. You know, I think it's mm-hmm. funny how the music helps her. You know, get there yeah. e- even though the uh-huh. music is kind of what's holding her back the whole time. I think that's part of what's so exactly. great about this story. You know, interesting irony. What did you think about that last song? Glasgow is the name of that song. I think she sings at the end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was uh, fantastic, and I. I I actually found this out today while I was doing a little last minute research that Mary Steenburgen co-wrote it. Oh, wow. That's so yeah, random. See, I, I, I didn't know that, but that song slayed me. Oh, yeah. I, it just, it killed me. And and perhaps part of it is because, like I said, I'm, I can relate with Rosalind so much <laughs> regarding mm-hmm. that, that, you know, struggle of ambition and responsibility. And when she starts singing about being at home and how much that means to her and how she had to struggle to get there. I, even when I listen to it on Spotify outside the context of the film, Mm -hmm. it moves me to tears. Like I, I love it. I think it's one of the most beautifully written original songs I've heard in, in some time. And, and Jesse Buckley sings the hell out of it. Oh, hell! I mean, there, there, there's one moment as we get to the climax of the song where she really belts out and it just absolutely rips me to shreds. I love it. And um, yeah, I just, I, I can't recommend this film enough. Um, and yes, if you have seen the film or even if you just want to listen to the soundtrack, it's up on Spotify and 
It's glorious. It is so good. It's awesome. It is absolutely awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one last thing I just wanted to mention, and then we'll 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 finish it up. But while I was uh, doing a little my last minute research today, mm-hmm. I had totally forgotten she is starring in the new Charlie Kaufman film. I'm yes. ending things. Uh, Jesse yeah. Buckley, I am mm-hmm. so looking forward to that. Oh my god! I know. I <laughs> cannot wait either. And if any of your listeners haven't seen Chernobyl yet, she does have a supporting role in that, where she's terrific as well so i've heard yeah i haven't watched it yet but uh i've heard great things and it was it was shocking to me because i had no idea i just started watching it because i heard great things about it and there was a scene you know kind of early on i think in that first episode and i was like oh my goodness (laughs) i was like (laughs) that's jesse buckley i had no idea so it was like this huge delightful surprise before i even got a chance to see wild rose so yeah, she's uh, great. I love her. Awesome. Nice. That's awesome. Well, uh, this was great. Uh, you know, one last thing we always do is I always ask my guests if there's something else they've seen recently that they'd like to recommend. Oh, boy. That is a really challenging question. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure you've seen a lot. <laughs> I have. Well, and it's the timing of it is really interesting as well. I mentioned earlier that I recently went on vacation. And when I came back from vacation, man, live things got really interesting in a hurry because I uh, saw The Last Black Man in San Francisco. I saw mm. Ari Aster's Midsommar. And then I got mm. a chance to see Lulu Wong's The Farewell, which mm. is, I believe, going wider on August 2nd. So a lot of markets yeah. have not seen the film, but I got lucky that there was an early press screening here because Lulu Wong is from the Miami area. And so mm. she was doing a bunch of press here. So I got a chance to see the film. Those three films are in my top six of the year so far. Nice. And and, and so like I and I basically almost got to see those back to back to back. So uh and I could not rec- I cannot recommend them enough. So just this oh, yeah. these last few weeks for me have have been delightful. So uh in particular the farewell and the last black man in San Francisco. I can easily recommend those. Midsommar is a much tougher recommend. Um mm-hmm. it, it's hard to say cuz that's a horror film that's not really a horror film. It's an anti-horror film. It's it's sure. harrowing. It's disturbing, but it's not a film that relies on jump scares or typical horror tactics. Um, and it's it's very artful. It's it's methodical. It's you know if, if you like to go and see easy you know get easily scared with jump scares and and Midsommar is not that at all. So it's hard for me to to fully recommend, but I love it. It like I said, it's in my top ten. So those three films. Big thumbs up for me. Absolutely. Yeah, we're actually uh, planning on doing an episode on The Last Black Man in San Francisco next week, and that's going to be a mm, challenging nice. one. Uh, but I think I'm up yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I look forward to hearing your thoughts on it and, and, and the connections that you guys make to it because, you know, I guess I don't, yeah, I, d- I definitely don't want to reveal anything. There, there are a few that come to mind, so I'll, I'll be curious to hear what you guys have to say. Right on. Well, uh, th- this was great. Uh, you know, I want to thank you so much for being here. Mm-hmm. Where can people find your podcast again? Uh, like I said earlier, in sessionfilm.com, you can find links to everything, social media. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search in Session Film and you'll find us. 
like I said, on the site, we have links to the podcast. We also have written reviews and other fun content. We have bonus content. We have Patreon content if you want to support us there. So um, again, the central hub, you can find links to everything that to everything that's in sessionfilm.com. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, if you ever yeah. want me back on your show, I would be yeah. happy to do it again. We'll definitely great. have to make that happen for sure. Beautiful. And thanks for having me. I, I This was a lot of fun. Okay, everybody. My name is Michael E. Cohen II, and with me is... Matthew Haas. We are the co-hosts of the All Too Real 2 podcast. On All Too Real 2, we uh, tackle pop culture topics uh, such as watching and reviewing uh, direct-to-DVD sequels. We review any and every all direct-to-video movies of all time. That we review so you don't have to. We also cover uh, pop culture topics topics, you know, like the history of Halloween, misconceptions, and things of that nature. Very educational and entertaining. And we've just started doing interviews with uh, people from uh, Hollywood and uh, people from pop culture, such as Larry Hankin, which we just interviewed recently, who you know from Seinfeld and uh, Friends and Billy Madison, among other things. So uh, where can they find our podcast, Matt? They can find it at iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and any other place that you can find podcasts on. Just tune in and enjoy. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with JD about Wild Rose, and I really hope you went out and watched Wild Rose because it is a movie worth seeing. Definitely go check this movie out, and then check out the soundtrack because it's a fantastic soundtrack too. So that does it for today's conversation. Uh, As always, I want to remind you all to please make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. And uh, if you enjoy the show, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars would be amazing. Uh, We are, of course, on all the social medias, at PiecingPod, and we have a Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all these movies that we talk about here on the show. And, you know, if it's your first time listening to Piecing It Together, uh, which there have been a lot of new listeners lately, uh, this month has been the biggest month in the history of the show by a margin of multiple, multiple times over. Um, So if you're one of these new people who have been listening, I'd love to hear what you think of the show. So please do rate and review us or just, uh, you know, get in touch on social media or whatever. We would really love to hear what you're thinking of the show. And we want to keep making it better and better for you guys. And we're planning on all kinds of new episodes and new uh, bonus features and uh, we've got a patreon which exists over at patreon.com slash piecing pod but there's not much there yet but there's gonna be a lot there so we've got plenty plenty planned for this show so let's finish this thing up with a piece of music like i always do and you know i don't really have any country songs um to play you guys but here is a track called hero from my most recent album a different kind of dream and it's got a little bit of twang to it so maybe this will fit the bill enjoy hero from my most recent album a different kind of dream and we will be back with more piecing it together coming real soon
and All Points West. 